Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce Springsteen train today, but I'm sure he will come up as he normally does. We are talking happiness mindset and an accident in skydiving. are two words that should not go together. Romana, Romana, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Set Listing Bruce. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad I'm here. Yeah, these two things shouldn't go together. You're so right. <laughs> Those are two words you should not ever go together. Yes. So t- tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. My, my name is Romana Hasmel, which is an Austrian name. I am from Austria, Salzburg, Austria, which is the sound of music city. Nice. And the city where Mozart, Mozart was born, the famous musician. Yeah. I am a writer. Um, I wrote 10 books between 2014 and now. And publish them. So writing is not enough. I published them as well. And I'm a happiness trainer, a clown and a writing trainer. And that's mostly it in a nutshell. I've not always been self-employed. So I founded my own business, the writing business and happiness business 10 years ago in 2013. And before that, I... I've been working for one of the biggest broadcasting companies in Austria. And that is another story, which doesn't fit to happiness. <laughs> yes, it is. That is always an interesting discussion. I always like to start at the beginning. So one, once again, thank you again for joining me. Talk about growing up. Where did you grow up? And what kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger? I grew up in a little village next to Salzburg. For American thinking, Salzburg is a village. It's a tiny city with about 160,000 people living there. And in my village, we are, I don't know, 10,000. My parents loved folk music, Austrian folk music, of course, and like German songwriters, but I couldn't really fall in love with them. So they had simple texts and the music was very simple and Of course, when you're a very tiny kid, you listen to that music in the car mostly and sing with it. But I found out at the age of 13, 14, that there there must be more in music, right? So I, I loved Elvis Presley there. My kindergarten friend, his mom was a huge fan and we kept listening to her tapes So I started translating those texts because English is not my mother tongue. I had to translate them. In these days, I was born in 1968. We didn't have internet, of course. (laughs) So you really sat there with a dictionary and tried to get the lyrics. And this was one of, um, one of the things how I got to learn the English language because I had, of course, to re-ask my teachers. You don't get everything with a dictionary and. Yeah, that was Elvis Presley. And then very soon in, in 19, 
85, I found Bruce Springsteen and fell in love. <laughs> that is wonderful. And I want to hear more about that. I just had someone else on the podcast who grew up in Portugal or Brazil. She grew up in Brazil and she talked about that it was hard to find rock and roll. You couldn't just go into a record store. In fact, she talked about the first time she went to New York and went into Tower Records. It's like she had gone to heaven. And and she had the same story. She said she would hear, she would tape the English song and then find an English to Portuguese dictionary and try to go through it. I take it you're doing the similar things with Elvis and other music. Yeah, I did that. And of course with, with Bruce as well. Mm -hmm. So my first song was the river and oh my God, we had discussions about that. There was just one friend of mine who spoke English and was able to get the lyrics. So mm -hmm. of course in Austria, I knew many Bruce Springsteen fans, but they didn't speak English well enough to really get the lyrics. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, so you mentioned it's 85. What, if you can tell me the story of how you found him and then also talk about what about him spoke to you? That was in those horse days, as I say. So young girls love horse riding. Most of them do. So I was one of them. Sure. And we were a group of four young people, two, two boys and two girls. And we all came from pretty poor families, so they couldn't afford riding lessons or stuff like that. But we went to a stable and asked there if we could help them with the horses. So we had that horse contact and we were allowed to ride. We got pretty close, the four of us. We were a gang. And one of the boys came up with Bruce Springsteen. I don't know where he got him from. <laughs> so he taught, he like played the music to us and the river was the first song I really that went straight through my heart and about that song I talked to my best friend whom I went to school with and I remember us sitting there and talking about how sad that song is because for me it reminded me of my mom my mom was 17 when she got pregnant with me Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm, hey, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy that I grew up in that tiny village. But for her, it was a end of dreams state of because it was clear that they had to marry like in the song and they had no money and had to start a life together. They are still married and I think they are happy. <laughs> but you in know, these days, it wasn't easy. <laughs> so I, one of the things I ask and we'll get to that, I ask every episode, the Mary question. I thought about sometimes the other question is, do you think the couple in the river have a happy marriage? Now we know in real life, they do that Bruce's sister is still married to that same man. They still go to the rodeos. Bruce talks about they've had a very successful marriage, but in that fictional river, and you just shared your parents have stayed together. Do you think in that fictional universe that Mary and the singer, are they happy? I think so. And I thought when I was young as well, I just found out that's not my way. Yeah. 
that was very clear for me at the age of 17. And I guess that's why the song hit me so hard. And I still love it. Just listened to it two hours ago. Live version from Great Britain. I knew in these days they are happy because he sings about they, they still go down to the river, right? Mm -hmm. Drive down to the river. But I thought I'm, I want to live my dreams. I really want to live my dream. And my parents, they had built the future for me like they had. They wanted me to marry one of the farmers and be safe in a marriage and get kids and just stay where I am. And that's what I didn't want. So I think for some people, this is a wonderful thing to live it like that, make the best with that. But I knew I'm a kind of a gypsy soul. I want to travel. I want to travel. And I wanted to travel the U.S. That was on my top list when I was 17. So the first time I had saved some money, I was almost 18 then. I went to America. That was like I go to America. <laughs> Let's see what's going on over there. That was such a huge urge inside my soul. And not only the traveling, but also the writing. I knew at the age of 12 that I want to become a writer. And there were many things coming up where I might have said, okay, let's stop now. I won't get that far. But I didn't stop. And I know that this life my parents had thought for me wouldn't have had space for traveling or writing or all the huge dreams. First off, you're the first guest that has told me they discovered Bruce at a horse farm. So thank you. <laughs> you win that award. So, and you've discovered the river. What was the next? Did you go try to find albums? What other, what, tell me the next step in your Bruce. The next step was, you remember that the collection five, five LPs, 1975 sure. to 1985. I had yeah. it. <laughs> Good. And that was, there was a record store in our city and I went there and saw that they had that album or that collection, but it cost a fortune. So I think I tried to remember this afternoon. I think it was about 600 Austrian shillings. Mm -hmm. which would be around ah between 30 and 40 dollars yeah and in these days i didn't have that money and as we went we really weren't rich so my parents always made my grandma give us money for christmas and we had to buy clothing for it so mm -hmm. i went to grandma and said i need that money for that album i need it otherwise i'm going to die yeah. yeah, you understand. I don't want it. I need this is a yes. Okay. Yeah. So she said, okay, I give the money to you. Do whatever you think, but buy some clothing. Otherwise your parents like that will be a drama. So try to fix that. So what I did because I was a, I think pretty clever kid. I instantly bought that album and hid it from my parents. <laughs> And then went to a second-hand store and bought all the clothing I could get, get for the rest of this money. <laughs> Gave it to them as it was new. That is um, awesome. 
I love that story. That is great. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I want to go back to your 18, you've gotten, you've saved up. What part of the U.S. did you visit? In these days, that was in 1986. Okay. There was an airline, which doesn't exist any longer, called Northwest Orient. Okay. And they offered a package for just $400. You could travel the U.S. for a month. You go wherever you want. Every flight. You could fly for a month if you want. We bought that package and a friend, my best friend then, whom I talked about the lyrics with, she went with me. So we went to New York. And then from New York, we all had, both of us had wishes where we want to go. So I wanted to go to Edmonton because I wanted to, which is in Canada, I know that. I yeah. wanted to see the city where Wayne Gretzky, the famous ice hockey player, used to play. Okay. So we went there. Then we went to Dallas. That was my friend's wish, where we stranded without our luggage with two cowboys. I remember that pretty well. And again, listening to Springsteen. And riding around in the transam, I remember that very well. And then we went to San Francisco, Los Angeles, and then back to New York, back home. That's that is awesome. <laughs> I moved in Dallas in '86, so I've lived here ever since. So I'm glad you got to visit Dallas. That is amazing. So. I always like to preface this, Romana, that the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. There are people that have never seen him perform live. Uh, in fact, that's one of the things I keep reminding people when people complain about this current tour and how he isn't changing the set list very much. I go, hey, there are hundreds of people who have never seen him live that are going to hear this songs, but have you been able to see him live? And if so, do you count how many times? 
Yes, I saw him live once. It was in Munich, beginning of the 90s. And that okay. was in, in, in Munich, the first year where they had the new airport, because on the old airport, port they had concerts then, which was München Riem. Okay. And yes, I went there with my friend and I just couldn't believe it. So we went there with his very old car and I've never been to a concert that huge before. Right. Never. In Austria, we don't have uh, that many places where they have that huge possibilities. And I was blown away. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk about anything else <laughs> for weeks. And he's a real amazing performer, live performer. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine that such a difference um, yeah. between just listening to the records and then being there live. It was amazing. Are you still friends with your, your Springsteen buddy that you guys ex lyrics and went to the no, U.S. the first time? Unfortunately, I lost her on the way. So she married to another city, to Vienna, got two kids and then our wife happens. Yes. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So I want to go back to, I love your story about your parents wanted you be that couple in the river. And you were embracing the born to run. I've got to get out of here. We got to get out while you're young. Talk to me a little bit about your journey. And you shared that you've always wanted to be a writer, but you had a corporate day job, right? You had what a white collar tend to be job. Talk to me about that journey and then why you made the decision to become self-employed and to be a writer. Ah, yeah. I wanted to become a writer, as I said, at the age of 12. I'm a book writer. I've been writing everything else before, but I'm a book writer. As I didn't know how to write a book, I wrote a letter to the local radio station because I thought they have to know that, right? They're reading the news. They know everything, but they didn't answer to my letter. So at that point, I, I thought maybe I'm just asking stupid questions and forgot about that big dream. And then I studied at university, again, was a hot topic for my parents because my father's family didn't want me to do that. Okay. Because girls don't do stuff like that in their opinion. But nevertheless, I did it. I, I, I like worked hard next to my studies. I was a caddy driving the cab during night and being at the university on daytime. And then because of that good study education, I got a job at the large broadcasting company and I was working for TV productions for 17 years. And okay. in this time, I not, I didn't forget about the writing. I wrote for some newspapers and magazines, but the thing with the books that got lost on the way. And then so, something very strange happened because I got cozy in that life of you get your money. You have in Austria, we are very lucky. We have four, five weeks of paid holidays per year. So that's enough or not. No, it never was enough, but I just lived with it. Sure. <laughs> and then I had that skydiving accident. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Oh, that was crazy. We have, we were training for a competition and we had 
not very nice weather conditions. So that was, I think I had almost 250 skydives then and I was pretty advanced, but nevertheless, we got greedy because of that competition. And the pilot said, ah, this will be the last jump for today. So hop in girls. And yeah, for me, it didn't turn out well. I got into some real troubles because a thunderstorm was like coming very fast along, faster than we thought. And my, my, my parachute just collapsed in about 10, 15 meters above ground. So I hit pretty hard and broke my spine. And that was, uh, I felt it. It's broken now. And I heard it. So that was a real traumatizing situation because my first thought was, of course, so now it's the wheelchair. And I still felt my, my toes and everything in hospital. They told me I was lucky and I will walk and will run and everything. But nevertheless, I had one and a half years of real hard pain. It didn't stop. I had to do a lot of training to get that pain away. And this was life-changing for me because I thought I was very aware then that life can be over in a second. Yeah. And I thought, have I done what I really wanted? Yeah. And the answer was no. I haven't done all the self-development I always wanted. I haven't had time for the travels I wanted. And yeah, my motorcycle career, like it wasn't over, but because of the pain, I couldn't do that much motorcycling I wanted. So which was connected to traveling. Sure. Everything turned upside down. And I think that the universe wanted to tell me at this point, hey, leave the company and do what you love. But I didn't listen clearly. Okay. So I stayed, I guess, seven years at that company, connected with everything you want or you expect in that industry, like burnout and all that stuff. But again, I didn't listen to the universe. And then we got a new boss in 2012. And he tried to cut down our salaries very hard. We had a hard discussion one day. And I told him my opinion that it's not right for people who have been working here for 20, 25 years to cut them down Sure. in this way. They can't make their living then. And he really took that very bad. So I got fired. They sent me a letter that I am fired. But unfortunately, and that is the funny thing on this story, I wasn't home when the letter arrived because I was on holiday in Greece and I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> in Austria, the postman writes a little tiny yellow piece of paper and says, there's a letter waiting for you. But this, I think it got mixed with the advertising and stuff because I didn't find it when I came home after three weeks. So I went to work. And I was the only person not knowing that I've been fired. First off, <laughs> it's wrong for them not to do that face to face. Right. I have had to let my share of people go. And we always, even in today's world, we at least zoom to the person out of respect. That is sorry. They were doing it on vacation. So you show up 
And I guess everyone's like, why is Ramona here? What's Ramona you're doing? What's going on? Right. And you're like, Hey, how's everyone? I had such a <laughs> time in Greece. Oh, you're looking good. You get a haircut. Exactly. That was exactly how it went. And one lady, the one sh- who reads the news, she came up to me and said, Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? In that voice where you know something's wrong. Right. And I thought, come on, I've been to Greece for three weeks. Of course I'm doing okay. What else do you expect? Right. <laughs> so no one dared to tell me they were scared. So it took about two hours until one person then, a tech a guy came up to me and said, sorry, I have to tell you this, but do you know you've been fired? And I looked at him and said, what nowadays? I think that's such a funny story. But on that, in that moment, I felt like someone just pulled the carpet I'm standing on. I couldn't believe it, but it was true. And after that, I was 44 at that point of my life. And I thought, I'm great. They, I, they will find a new job for me instantly. But that wasn't the case because in the media industry, you should be young and fresh and energetic. So I couldn't find another job. And after four months of looking, I decided I found my own company. So with those writing skills, I thought I can do something. And... Of course, maybe you know how it is if you start fresh from scratch. I had no clients. Right. So uh, all I did was some writing some birthday speeches for some people. <laughs> and then came up with the idea of writing a book. And that's how it all started. I thought, okay, I have to do something to save my life. I went to a course, an online course about writing non-fictional books, how to torture them and do everything. And I had a great idea for a garden book, offered that to 12 publishers, and two of them were interested, which is for a first-time author, a real lucky, lucky. One of them took me on the contract and I published four books with them. Great work. So I really love that. And Within that process, many people came up to me and said, hey, which course did you take? Because I want to write a book as well. And that course was gone. It didn't exist anymore. So within the last years, it came up that I thought, okay, I will do that. I will teach people how to do that. Uh And that's how the whole writing course thing started. So I I love that the universe, they... They had you have an accident with your skydiving and you didn't listen. You kept working. You didn't listen. And finally the universe said, okay, let, I guess we're going to have to be a little bit harder. And I love you found your voice. I did want to know that over that year of physical therapy, was music a big part of your healing? Were you listening to a lot of music and not necessarily just Bruce? but other artists as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I drove my partner crazy in these days because I'm, I love old music. It's not old, but I love the Springsteen who is very long on this world, making his wonderful music. I love deep purple. For Mm -hmm. example, I've been listening to that old stuff from earlier in my life because it gave me those 
good memories of good things going on. Of course, a lot of music we listened to when we were skydiving, not in the skydiving process, but in the evenings. I like some country music as well. My music taste is very broad. So, for example, Billy Bragg at the moment, I love Billy Bragg. Talking sure. about talking about poetry with the taxman, talking to the taxman about poetry. That's the right title. Love that. But not, uh, naturally, Bruce Springsteen as well, because it gave me that, ah, he's been in my life since I'm 17, 16, sure. 17. So if you're that hurt and you don't know how your life will carry on, it's good to have kind of an anchor to better days and then rethink the whole process. So what's been happening to me and what was it good for? Because we shouldn't like ban universe or God and say, how could that happen to me? Most of the times it's for, it's good for something. And in my case, it was life changing that process that started there. And then the process after I've been fired, Honestly, I've been devastated. I was so scared of not having any money anymore. And within two years, I had uh, used up all my savings. And I knew if nothing happens, because books don't bring like loads of money, they right. bring you contacts. That's good. Yeah. But not the money. But I knew if nothing's happening, then, then I'm broke. And at this point, a good old friend of mine came up to me and asked me if I want to write for their company as a freelancer. So I do some company work again, but as my own boss and just writing. So everything turned up to be wonderful. And now I am allowed to travel as much as I want because I can work from everywhere. I just need this computer here. And they are so tiny nowadays, right? You don't have to travel with with a box. (laughs) Exactly. One of the things that I love, I was lucky enough when Bruce had his autobiography, he came to Austin, Texas. And so I drove the three and a half, four hours down to stand in line and get the book signed. And I told him I had been unemployed for a year and, and I listened to better days and land of hope and dreams every day to give me hope. And then um, about seven years ago, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And so I listened to, I had my phone and I listened to a lot of Bruce Springsteen. I, I created a playlist of positive songs that I called my F cancer playlist that I would listen to during chemo. I agree with you that power of that music, that communication. When Land of Hope and Dreams, he says, you'll need a good companion on this part of the ride. And in a lot of ways, I think he's been our companion for so much of our lives. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. Talk to me a little bit. What's next for you career-wise? I just looked at your website. It looks like you're promoting camping and traveling. You've got all your travel books. What's next for you? What's your next career goal you want to hit? Um, The next is that I really want to concentrate on my writing courses because people love them. Okay. And the funny thing is, as I'm originally German speaking, 
or Austrian speaking, I thought, first of all, I do it for people who, who speak German. So I created my website, romanahasnerl.at, and there you could find some courses, but no one booked them. And I was sad. <laughs> so I thought, I don't know, maybe it's not my community. Because in writing, I really want to be very authentic and I want my students to be authentic. I don't, there are loads of courses out there where people promise you have to write your own book and then you will be, you, know, you get more clients and your company's better and whatever. That's not the kind of writing I do. I want people to write because they love the process. They want to be authentic. And no matter if they are writing nonfiction or fiction, they are there with their heart. That's so important. And that's what I want to do. And when I created the first English course, it was an eight weeks program and we finished last week. I had students from Great Britain, South Africa, Netherlands, Canada. So from all over the world. And now I know that's the way. So I, I'm at the moment creating my new website, which is very easy for the English speaking community because it's romana.rocks. And that's it. <laughs> so that's much more easy to remember than Romana Hasenerl, which is a tricky name. And I'm at the moment not finished yet with romana.rocks, but that will improve within the next weeks. And then I will offer my writing courses there. So the big career goal is to, first of all, travel again. In the background, you see my, my camper van. And yes. I will travel in April and May to France and Spain. And in June, July and August, the next three writing classes will start, which is about writing mindset for weeks, writing structure for four weeks, and writing and publishing. And this is the most challenging part for young authors. Most of them are too shy to like just write an email to a publisher and say, Hey, I've got good stuff. Listen to me. Yeah. So I teach them how to write that email or what to do if you don't find a publisher. That's not bad. Then publish it yourself. So during this travel this summer, are you going to see any Springsteen shows? Ah. I just had a look. So in July, he's in Munich okay. um, with that tour. I instantly, I know I'm back in July and Munich is just a two hours drive from my place. So I got onto the website and saw that it's absolutely sold out. Okay. No tickets available, okay. but they have a waiting list. Good. So I will sign up for that waiting list and there are some fans now selling tickets. But you can imagine what's happening. Sure. I can. They like make it 10 times the price. It's over a thousand euros. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Don't want to do that. Yeah. What I'm going to do is when this comes out, which will be probably in April, we'll make a note. I will tell everyone that my friend Romana needs a Munich ticket. Reach out to her if you have one at reasonable price or if you want to have yeah, we could probably barter, right? You could give writing lessons. They could give you a Springsteen ticket, right? <laughs> That's cool. 
<laughs> yeah, that is great. I see. I just pulled up your website and the most common mistakes when writing a book is the very first video. So it is Romana.rocks. If you do that in your browser, it will come up. So love that you've taken this passion for happiness and your real world experience and using it to expand that to others. Do you have a couple of pieces of advice you'd have if someone was saying, what are two or three things you'd urge people to do? What would they be, Rowana? Yeah, I have tons of them because I'm a love the yoga trainer as well. One of my passions is doing research about happiness, about humor. For me, it's pretty easy because I have that nature, but it's not that easy for everyone. One of my advices is, And that's from laughter yoga. Laugh every day, no matter how you feel. The secret behind that is that our brain is not able to, to, are you laughing because you're happy? Or are you laughing just because you laugh? So if you laugh on purpose, your brain thinks, ah, this person is quite happy and sends out those wonderful hormones we love so much. And then you feel better. So it's not that I'm happy and that's why I'm laughing. It's the other way around. You can make yourself happy with laughing. And for people who are very shy about that, I tell them, please put a little smiley on your mirror in the bathroom. And every time you get to go to the bathroom, you just give yourself a broad smile. And that helps instantly. So that is one thing. And the other is if your soul is not happy and you don't have a good time, please go outside, no matter where you live. Find a park or just a little green grass spot and sit down there. Try to breathe deeply and try to get some nature. Best thing, of course, is go to the woods, but not everybody has that possibility. I know that. Sure. But going outside is so helpful. Mother Nature really knows what we need, but often we forget about that. Yeah. That's another thing I teach people when they are joining happiness classes or laughter yoga classes to like another is sit down every evening. And I have prepared that because it's evening over here. I have my books and write down what you did well today. Write down five things you really think are great. Most of the time we forget about that. At the, on the evening we think, ah, oh, I haven't finished that. Oh my God, I have to do that tomorrow. Ah, oh God, I didn't. We don't tell ourselves I did. And you know, when I'm doing writing classes, we have one of those magic things I'm doing every time when we are finished. We like rub our hands and rub them until they're very hot. And then we look at them and then we tap ourselves on the shoulders and say, well done. And that's another little exercise, which really. I think as a corporation, we don't celebrate our successes enough that that we don't it's okay yeah we made this goal now what's next versus taking a moment and enjoying that victory whether you finish the project whether you hit a goal i think that's very true one last thing and then i'm going to let you go but you mentioned in our bio 
that you not only are a yoga trainer, but you're you spend some time in astrology. And it says, tell me a little bit. I'm a Gemini. So talk a little bit about how you feel that our astrological signs, we can use that to help cope with crises and do things in our lives. Okay, first of all, astrology is, of course, more than the star sign itself. Yes. So we always have to keep that in mind. If you're doing real astrology, yeah. you look at the birth chart, you take all the planets. Right. And then you see within a moment where this person is not capable of crisis. Okay. And you, then you can talk about that. But if we just take the star sign, then you might say the star sign itself is like the director of our birth chart. So okay. that's how we want stuff. If it's working like that, it's another book. But okay. We want it this way. So for example, when it comes to Gemini, then it's an air sign, right? P- Gemini people want to have it light and easy. Please don't play it hard. I don't want that. Of course, sometimes in life there are the path gets a bit gravel roadish. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Gemini people don't like. If you would take a Capricorn, for example, they are made for that. Okay. They can't see the light way. They cannot. They always okay. look for the struggles. And that's just the star sign itself. Okay. And in the birth chart, we would look, okay, where is Saturn? That's a planet that shows us the trouble or Pluto. And where's Venus? How does this pe- person want friendship, partnership, relationship, surroundings? That's kind of the Aphrodite from uh, the Greek tales. We take a look at all those planets and how they are connected. And what I think is that I'm not a future teller, right? I'm not working that way, although right. I know many astrologers do. Right. But I want people to come to my office who want to work on themselves. And I started astrology after those accidents. I had some more accidents. So I started because I wanted to find out why the hell am I not only falling down to earth, the sky, but also other stuff happened, tiny stuff. I wanted to find out what's wrong with me. There is nothing wrong. That's what I got from astrology. But my energy was directed the wrong direction. Okay. And that fit all together with what universe wanted to tell me. Very nice. Romana, this has been so much fun. I hope you get to see Bruce this summer, if not in Munich, in another show. This is great. So I always like to end every episode with the Mary question. So if you are a fan of Romana's writing or you you saw her tweet about this episode. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher who recently retired, but he, when he was teaching, he would spend two days in his senior class discussing the song Thunder Road, discuss the imagery that Bruce uses, the lyrics he write, and would ask the question, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? That is your question, Romana. Does Mary get in the car? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's when I heard it when I was much younger, that was no question at all. 
In the meantime, I've heard that it is point of a discussion in the Bruce Springsteen world. And so I could rethink it from my point of view. Now I'm over 50, but in these early days, that was no question at all. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great answer. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Best way is via Romano Rocks. Because it's very easy to remember and there will be a contact button where you can contact me via email or contact me via Calendly and book book a call. Good. And you also are on LinkedIn. You're also on YouTube and Facebook. So I will include all those links. This was a blast. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great summer traveling and enjoying life. And I'd love if you go see him this summer when you go see him this summer come back and we'll talk about the show okay oh great thank you all right listeners you go be safe be kind and we'll talk to you soon goodbye no one ever talks about aquariuses just putting it out there folks want to give a major shout out to the patrons of this podcast. They kick in a few dollars every month to help me with podcast expenses. I want to send a special love and thank you to Mary, Chris, Anna, Terry, Dale, Steve, Stephen, Levi, Betsy, John, Bella, Crystal, Rob, Randy, Steve, Fernando, and Yetta. Thank you all so much for all you do to help me. You are my angels. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. 
you just heard the fun talking, hard rock, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. Say it with me. Laughter is so the best medicine. And the cool thing is, dude, and do that, you can't OD and the refills are free. Am I right? Of course I'm right. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.